Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. One particular place, Paul was talking about all the things and where he didn't measure up. And at the end of that, his conclusion was, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? But in another place, he said, thanks be to God, which gives the victory. I'm thankful for victory in the house of God today. I feel it in this place today, and I'm thankful. Anybody have a testimony that God is faithful and he's victorious and he's good? If you feel that way today, you should clap your hands unto the Lord. Hallelujah. And acknowledge him today. Praise God. Feel his presence and his anointing in the house of God today. Amen. Praise God. I hope I've come in with the same kind of energy that we started this service with, and that is the same level of ability that God is able to bring to each and every one of us. They say when you're entering into a conversation, you're supposed to enter into the conversation with the same level of energy. So if somebody's talking very energetically, you should enter the conversation with the same kind of energy. Well, I don't know what kind of conversation you're having here today, but when I stepped into the sanctuary today, I had a conversation. Hallelujah. The Lord is my strength. The Lord is my life. Whom shall I fear if he's walking with me? Hallelujah. I feel energy and strength in the house of God today, and I'm thankful for that. Praise God. If you have your Bibles, turn to Jeremiah chapter number 23. Last week, we read this verse, and this week we're reading the same verse, but we're taking a different approach to it. Jeremiah chapter 23 and verse number 29. Amen. There are a series of questions that the Lord is asking. Jeremiah was a weeping prophet. He was not a popular prophet, not because he wasn't saying the right things. It's because everybody was following false prophets and lies, and so Jeremiah, being the true prophet, found himself very, very lonely and even cursing the day that he was born. And in this passage of Scripture, the Lord is asking a bunch of questions. In verse number 29, the Lord asks, Is not my word like as a fire, saith the Lord, and like a hammer that breaketh the rock in pieces? Therefore, behold, I am against the prophets, saith the Lord, that steal my words, every one from his neighbor. I am against the prophets, saith the Lord, that use their tongues and say, he saith. It's their own opinions. It's not the, the voice of God. It's their own projections. And so he said, is not my word like a fire? Last week we talked about a hammer that breaketh the rock in pieces. And today for a few moments here today, we're going to talk about the fire. Is not my word like as a fire? I hope, I hope somehow in the house of God today, you're feeling a fire, amen, of intensity in this place. I hope we don't come to church and it's humdrum and boring and insignificant. But I hope every time we step into the sanctuary, we recognize that there is a power that is associated to the word of the Lord. Anything can happen here today. I said anything can happen here today. You could be healed. You could be delivered. You could be saved. You could be redeemed. Why? Because there is power in the house of God today. Hallelujah. There is power in the house of God today. There's an intensity in this place today. There is a fire in the house today. Praise God. I said there's a fire in the house of God today. Hallelujah. If you got the Holy Ghost, you got a fire on the inside of you. Hallelujah. There's an intensity. There's a movement. There's a power. There's a strength. Hallelujah. Thank you. 
you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Anybody going to help me preach for a few moments? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's talk about the fire for a few moments today. Lord, we thank you and praise you for your presence and your goodness, and we feel an energy in the house of God today that can dispel every bit of darkness, that can remove every bit of struggle and difficulty and addiction and power that would array itself against you. Praise God. We rebuke that in Jesus' name, and we ask God for you to reign in this house today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Thank you for standing for the reading of the word. The word is like a fire. Fire in the Old Testament is especially associated with the divine presence of God. When God made a covenant with Abraham, he made a sacrifice, and there was a furnace there was a fire that split the sacrifice that denoted that God was in this place. And Abraham, what I am telling you is going to come to pass. There was fire associated with it. When God called Moses from the desert and he said, I want you to lead my people out of Egyptian bondage. Moses was captivated by a burning bush and a fire that was kept burning continually and he stepped aside based on his curiosity, and the I am, that I am, spoke to him from a burning bush and said, Moses, I'm going to be with you. It was associated with a fire. When the children of Israel came out of Egyptian bondage and they moved into the wilderness heading to the promised land, it was a pillar of fire that led them through the wilderness. When God wanted to reveal his power and his authority, he gathered them together. He called them to the edge of Mount Sinai, and there was a smoke and a fire that descended on Sinai. And the people recognized, this is the Lord. Amen. There is a fire when Samson came on the scene and his parents were unsure about what the angel was telling them. There was a flame on the altar that revealed to them God is in the midst of what the angel is saying. Amen. Yahweh was the God that answered by fire for Elijah. In 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 24, Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, he said, call you on the name of your gods and I will call on the name of the Lord and the God that answereth by fire, let him be God. And all the people answered and said, it is well spoken. Verse number 38, then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their face and they said, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. God was a God that answered by fire. When arrayed against false prophets. He was a God that answered from heaven one man by the name of Elijah and said, Elijah, I'm going to show everybody around you that I am a God that answers your prayer and I'm going to be a God that answers by fire. If you want to be connected to God, understand this. He's a God of fire, of intensity, of power, and of energy. When you get connected to God, there's an energy that is connected with him. You are not serving a limited God. You're not serving a God that is less with no power, but there is an intensity to his power and his ability. Praise God. I want to testify here today in the house of God. God is a God that brings power and authority and energy. He can call fire down from heaven into your situation. 
Hallelujah. You may be here today and you're listening to the voice of the Lord. He's like a fire calling you out of a burning bush and saying, come a little closer. I want to talk to you. Hallelujah. You may be up against some obstacles today and you need to God, a God to answer by fire. He's in the house today. In the law, therefore, sacrifices and offerings, including incense, were to be made by fire. Fire came from heaven also at the consecration of Solomon's temple, a place where his glory dwelt. Second Chronicles chapter 7 and verse number 1. Now when Solomon had made an end of praying, the fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices and the glory of the Lord filled the house. Hallelujah. I want the glory of the Lord to fill the house. Amen. In these instances, there was a physical representation of fire that fell, and people saw it. Today, it might not be a physical representation of fire, although I have heard stories of the fire department showing up when there's a powerful move of God, and when they got there, they realized the building is not on fire, but there's something associated with the fire that you're seeing. I want the fire of the Lord to be in the house. I want the glory of the Lord to fill the house. Praise God, I want the strength and the anointing of God to fill this place up. Even today on a Sunday morning, I want the glory of the Lord to be in this place up like as a fire that is powerful, that has some intensity, that has some movement, that has some radiance, that has some passion. Fires leap, fires dance, and fires spread. I hope somebody here today, their soul is set on fire, that it might spread to somebody else in the house of God today where the fire of God can be felt. Hallelujah. Come on, increase your faith here today. Let it be like a fire. Praise God. I'm going through things, but there is a fire on the inside of me. I want it to spread to somebody else. Praise God. That's my summary, introductory point. My word is a fire. It brings heat. It brings motion. It brings intensity. It brings radiance. It brings light brings passion, and fires leap, fires dance, and fires spread. God, I want you to set my soul on fire today. Well, that got about 25%. <laughs> Pastor, it's Sunday morning. Leave me alone. I want my fire. I want my soul to catch on fire here today in the house of God. Hallelujah. The rest of the world's throwing a blanket and watering down everything. I want there to be a fire in my spirit. I want there to be an intensity about the things of God in my spirit and in my life. When everybody else is passionate about a lot of other things, I want to be passionate about the kingdom of God and the goodness of God. Hallelujah. Praise God. I want it to spread. There is a fire of judgment. I was reading today, it was very significant, and a writer was saying the reason why people, he was an ex-CIA officer, and he said he, he was bemoaning the fact that nowadays, whenever there's a problem or a difficulty, just recently in the city of Los Angeles, it was a big deal. It wouldn't have been as big of a deal if it wouldn't have been, if it would have been a common person, but it wasn't a common person. It was a movie star, and, and he was driving down downtown Hollywood and there were some small mini bike groups, people that were riding, 
those bikes are not even legal, but nowadays legal legality is not really an issue. And there was a big group of them. They got into a little bit of a skirmish, and he got out of his car, and they swarmed him, and he had his daughter in his car with him. They swarmed him, and he fought them off, and he had to run away from them. And so based on that, this, this article, this ex-CIA officer was talking about the fact that nowadays the reason why people take their phones out instead of being the good Samaritan and running to the aid of somebody, I mean, there could be all kinds of things happening, confusion, chaos, and mayhem. And instead of helping somebody, people will take out their phones and they would they'll rather record it. And so he was bemoaning that fact. And he said, the real problem is this. The real problem is there are no consequences to illegal activity. And until you put some teeth into illegal activity, people are going to continue to do what they do. And he said, it's, he said, I got five kids. He said, in my children's lives, if I don't discipline them and I give them an inch, they will take a mile. There has to be some consequences. You can't just, you can't run over everybody. You can't pillage, loot, steal. That's why the wise man calls that folly. In, in Proverbs, there's three principal characters. There's a strange woman, which has to do with all sexuality. And then there is folly. Folly is, is talking about robbing and stealing. And then there is the wise woman that's walking up on the gates of the city. Praise God. We need to listen to the wise woman in the city, which is a representation of the spirit of God rather than listening to the folly of the world. You're going to keep doing stuff as there's no judgment. You're going to keep blowing past every stop sign as long as there are no consequences. I'm telling you that may be the way society is operating and the way culture is operating and there's a lot of political ramifications wrapped up in all of that. But I want you to know this. You can't get by doing that when it comes to your relationship with God. If you blow by the warning signs, God will have mercy and he'll put a stop sign in front of you. But if you keep blowing by the stop signs, there will be some consequences. There will be. Because his word is a fire of judgment. And it was frequently an instrument of his divine primitive wrath. Genesis chapter 19 and verse number 24, the Lord rained upon Sodom and Gomorrah brimstone and fire out of heaven because of their wickedness. In Exodus chapter 9 and verse number 23, Moses stretched forth his rod toward heaven and the Lord sent thunder and hail and the fire ran upon the ground and the Lord rained hail upon the land of Egypt. In Numbers chapter 11 and verse number 1, when the people complained, it displeased the Lord and the Lord heard it and his anger was kindled and the fire of the Lord burnt among them and consumed them that were in the uttermost parts of the camp. Fire is connected to his judgment. Fire is connected to the consequences of blowing past his mercy. Everybody wants mercy. Mercy, mercy, mercy. That's what's happening nowadays. Everybody wants mercy. Nobody wants any judgment based on consequences of wrong activity. I'm telling you this is the word of God and it is true. It is true. You cannot have mercy without there being judgment and you cannot have judgment without there being mercy. They are connected. Well, I don't like God because he's calling fire down from heaven. That's because his mercy ran out and people in their wickedness went right on by his mercy and therefore judgment came. I'm telling you this fact and it is a fact. As long as there is mercy, there is judgment. And his word is like a fire. It's a fire of judgment. Second Peter chapter 3 and verse number 12. Looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt with a fervent 
heat. I'm not running away from the fire of the Lord today. Praise God. I'm lifting up my head. I'm squaring my shoulders and I'm looking for a day of judgment that is coming. I, I want everybody to be saved. I don't want anybody to be lost. We're reaching and we're trying to do the very best that we can, but I'm still looking for the day of judgment that is coming where fire is coming and it's going to dissolve everything and there's going to be a new heaven and there's going to be a new earth and Jesus is going to usher in the kingdom of God. I'm not running from that day I'm running to that day. I want to see it happen. I want to see it happen. Praise God. I'm looking for the return of Jesus. Judgment is coming. The fire of the Lord is coming. Don't run from it. Praise God. Don't run from it. Don't run from it. His judgment is a fire against weakness. That is a weak position if you run from the judgment of the Lord. Because the fire of the Lord many times will work not against you, but it will work for you. Praise God. Did you know that judgment begins in the house of the Lord? You, you can, <laughs> right today, you can lift up your hands and say, God, forgive me of everything that I have done that is wrong. And the judgment and the fire of the Lord, praise God, can meet your need in the house of God today. You don't have to run from it. You can run to it. I said you don't have to run from it. You can run to it. God knows exactly. You're here today not based on happenstance. You're here because there's a divine appointment that God wants to make with you and let you know that he is a consuming fire. In Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's life, fire of judgment worked not against them, but it worked for them. <laughs> so many people are afraid of hell, fire and brimstone, they're afraid of, you don't have to be afraid of hell if you're right. I said, you don't have to be afraid of hell if you're right, if your life is right. You don't have to be afraid of, you can hasten, it's coming. Because God's going to set things right. And he gives to us this example in the Hebrew children, when they will not bow to an image the king Nebuchadnezzar set up in the plain, and he had everybody bowing to it. Everybody. Everybody's, we're going to play the music, and everybody's going to bow to this image. But you've got three Hebrew children, and their understanding is we bow to nothing but God. And so this is a problem. We want you to worship the image that we have set up in the plain, and the music started. There were three Hebrew children who said, we're not bowing. Can you imagine? All the people are bowing, and there's three guys that are standing there. They're standing out like a sore thumb. They're not going to bow. And so the, the message gets to King Nebuchadnezzar that there's three Hebrew children that are not bowing. And so he calls them again. He said, we're going to do this again the second time. And if you don't bow the second time, we are preparing a furnace, and we're going to throw you into the fiery furnace. And he heated it up seven times hotter than it should have been. And they started the music, and three Hebrew children, they had another opportunity. The pressure is on. And yet there is something in their heart and their life that said, we will not worship any God but Jehovah. And so we're not bowing to this image. They refused to bow. And so they were taken and they were thrown in the fiery furnace. The guards that threw them in the fiery furnace lost their life because it was so hot. And they got close to it. They perished. The three Hebrew children went into the fiery furnace. And they're in the fiery furnace. But guess who meets them in the fire? Praise God. The word is a fire. My word is as a fire 
fire. And it's a word against weakness. And Nebuchadnezzar is a weakness. And so I'm going to show you something here. And so in Daniel chapter 3 and verse number 25, Nebuchadnezzar was astonished. He rose up and spake and said to his counselors, Did not we cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? And they answered and said unto the king, True, O king. Then he answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt, and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. You know who was walking with them in the fire? God was walking with them because you know where fire comes from? It comes from God. My word is a fire. Praise God. Judgment can take place against weakness when the fire of God is walking with you. If you're in the midst of a burning fiery furnace, there is a God that is a fire and a flame that will walk with you in the midst of, of your turmoil and circumstance. Praise God. He's a fire of judgment. Hallelujah. Let's clap our hands and thank the Lord together. I thank you, Jesus, for walking with me through the fire. Through the fire. He's a fire of refinement. My word is like a fire. It's a fire of refinement. In the year that King Uzziah died, Isaiah said, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne. Isaiah chapter 6 and verse number 1. High and lifted up and his train filled the temple. There's a lot of theological notations about his train filling up the temple and what that means. Some say his train is a representation of a king that comes from battle and he brings all the spoils and everything with him and it becomes his train. And the more battles that he wins, the greater his train is. I, I don't know. There's some conjecture there, but praise God. If that's the case, that's a mighty, mighty train because it's a mighty, mighty God that's won a lot, a lot of battles. <laughs> and so Isaiah is in this place of the temple and he's seeing the train of the Lord. And he sees seraphims, angels, with six wings. Two covers the face, two covers the feet, and two covers the ability to fly. And he, one cried unto another and said, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the post of the door moved at the voice of him that cried. And the house was filled with a smoke. There was a fire that settled into that place. And Isaiah said, woe is me. For I am undone because I am a man of unclean lips. And I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the king. The Lord of hosts. Then flew one of the seraphims unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongs from off the altar, and he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this hath touched thy lips, and thine iniquity is taken away, and thy sin is purged. And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then said I, Here am I, send me. The Lord is a fire of refinement. 
Because when you get in the midst and the presence of the Lord like this and you're Isaiah, you recognize a few things. The presence of God descends like a fire. The angel of the Lord takes a coal off of the fire and places it on your lips and you recognize, you know what, I'm not all that. I need God. I am undone. I don't measure up. God is so much greater than I am. Who am I? He said, I am undone. Because of that attitude, what happens is his iniquity is taken away and his sin is purged. Praise God. When you get in the presence of the Lord, there is a refinement that takes place in your life. And that fire starts refining you. What's refinement? It means it's burning out all the impurities in your life. And Isaiah was standing there realizing the fire of the Lord is a refiner. And it's burning out all the impurities in my life. And I recognize I need salvation. Praise God. And I, I need something to be done for my sins and the circumstances of my sins and iniquity. And the fire does the job. And then it also calls you to the work of God. Praise God. Isaiah said his fire is a refining fire that burns off and burns out everything that is negative in my life. If you came today with sin in your life, let the fire of the Lord refine you. If you came with negativity in your life, let the fire of the Lord refine you and give you a better perspective and give you clarity. fire. Zechariah said, I will bring the third part through the fire and will refine them as silver is refined and will try them as gold is tried. They shall call on my name and I will hear them. I will say it is my people and they shall say the Lord is my God. What is he saying? He's saying I'm going to bring them through the fire. I'm going to refine them like silver and like gold. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse number 12 says, Now if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stone, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest for the day shall declare it because it shall be revealed by fire and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. You better make sure you're building an edifice and a building that is made of materials that can withstand the fire. Honey, if you're building your life on hay and stubble, it's going to burn away. But if there's a refining process and there's some gold and some silver that has been refined through the fire, you're going to be able to withstand anything that comes your way. Our world is full of hay and stubble. Praise God. But in the house of God, there are some precious metals that have been refined in the house of God because of the consuming fire. God's not taking you through difficulties to destroy you. He's not taking you through struggles to kill you. He's taking you through struggles and difficulties to refine some things in your life. Praise God. Come on, somebody. Stand up and say, it's a testimony. I got a testimony today. The devil tried to take me out. He tried to confuse my mind. But I kept myself under the influence of the fire of the Lord and I'm standing in the house of God today because of his anointing. Yeah. 
Praise God. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost in this place today. The devil's going to try to tell you that it's God trying to destroy you. No, it's not God trying to destroy you. That's a lie from the pit of hell. Hallelujah. God's trying to refine some things in your life. He's giving you a testimony. He's giving you an opportunity to say, I've had struggles. I've had difficulties. I've had problems. But the fire, the fire of the word was able to carry me through it. Hallelujah. If you got a testimony in the house of God today, you need to lift up your hands. <laughs> Hallelujah. You need to thank the Lord. Praise God. The enemy tried to confuse you, deceive you, and manipulate you, but everything you have gone through. I said everything you've gone through has been a refining fire. You say, well, pastor, it didn't look like that in the middle of it. I know. It was pretty, it was pretty tenuous at times on which way you're going to fall. You're going to fall toward God or you're going to fall away from God. And people didn't know and they were puzzled, but God knew. And because you kept yourself in the right place, praise God, you kept yourself in the right place. You're coming through. You're coming out. What are you coming out of? You're coming out of, of the refining fire and the power of God that gives you a testimony, praise God, that you can say, I was almost destroyed, but the fire, the word was a fire. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost. In we just need to rejoice right here for a minute. <laughs> Woo! Hallelujah. Come on. Let's press in just for a moment right here. Holy Ghost is speaking to somebody here today. His word is a fire. His word is a fire. His word is a refining tool. Praise God. I feel like just pressing this point right here. Praise God. Sometimes we look at our past as if it's a negative, and there's some things that we would love, we would love to never have been there. But listen, you are who you are, and your past is a part of who you are. You can't change that. And the enemy will try to tell you it's a destructive tool and you'll never get by, you'll never get up, you'll never amount to anything. Listen to me. If you're standing in the house of God today, you are a collection of all the experiences in your life. You can't go back and discriminate against this part and that part and what happened in here. And I did this. I was a liar, a cheat, an adulterer. I was immoral. I was a drunk. I was an addict. All these kind. Of, you can't go back and do all that kind of stuff. But you can do this. You can do this. You can take the sum total of all of that stuff. And you can say, if it had not been for the Lord who was on my side, where would I be? Yes, I was an addict. But the refining fire worked. Hallelujah. It, it worked a testimony in my life. Yes, I was an adulterer, but the refining fire, the word of God brought me back to a place of strength. I think we need to push this right here. We need to push this right here. The enemy would like to say, no, that's not right. That's not true. It is true. 
Hallelujah. I want you to do this. I want you to lift your hands. I know this is going to be hard for some of you. I want you to lift your hands and I want you to thank God for every difficult thing you went through and every failure you went through and every trouble you went through. Come on. Pastor, that doesn't even make sense. Oh, yes, it does make sense if you believe that his word is a fire. Thank God you brought me through the fire. Thank God. Thank God you brought me through the fire. I'm not finished here tonight, but I, today, but I feel, you know what else is a fire? The Holy Ghost. That's my last point, the fire of the Holy Ghost. He'll refine you, but he also put something in you that's powerful. It's the fire of the Holy Ghost. A man by the name of James Moore wrote a song. And the song was, God don't need no matches. That's a pretty crazy song. I don't have the song, but I got the lyrics. And you're going to kind of laugh at the lyrics. The song is better than the reading of the lyrics. but God don't need no matches. He's fired by himself. Fire, fire, fire by himself. Jeremiah said, it's like fire. Jeremiah said, it's like fire shut up in my bones. Shut up in my bones. Shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. Bone, 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 bone. God don't need no matches. He's fire all by himself. Fire, fire, fire by himself. And the end is self, 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 self. God don't need no matches. He's fire all by himself. His spirit within me is like a fire shut up in my bones. Jeremiah said, I tried to keep it in, but I couldn't. I wonder this morning, is there anybody that will light a fire? Woo! Let a fire spread. Let, a, let it spread. Let it dance. Let it move. Let it leap. Fire, fire, fire. Hallelujah. Let me just, let me leave you one more thing here. Let me leave you one more thing here. Shouting fire in a crowded theater is a popular analogy for speech or actions whose principal purpose is to create panic. And so, just of Oliver Wendell Holmes' opinion in the United States Supreme Court, K. Schneck versus the United States in 1919, held that the defendant's speech in opposition 
to the draft during World War I was not protected free speech under the First Amendment of the United States Constitution. The, later, the case was later overturned and it limited the scope of banned speech so it had to do with what you could say and what you couldn't say. The utterance of fire in and of itself is not generally illegal within the United States. Sometimes you can yell fire in a crowded theater without facing punishment. The theater may actually be on fire or you may reasonably believe that the theater is on fire. Furthermore, within the doctrine of First Amendment protected free speech within the United States, yelling fire as speech is not itself legally problematic event, but rather there are scenarios in which intentionally lying about a fire in a crowded theater and causing a stampede might lead to a disorderly conduct citation or similar charge. You can't... The, so, so the situation breaks down this way. If you yell fire and you cause a stampede, you're lying and there's no real fire. You could be cited. You can yell fire and if nothing happens, it's not a big deal. And that would be protected under free speech. But if you yell fire and people are caused harm, then you could be cited because you're lying. I want to tell you in the house of God today, I'm not lying. There's fire in the building here because Jesus is in the building. So when I say fire, it's not going to hurt anybody, but it's going to build some people up. When I say fire, the word is a fire. What happens there is the anointing of God. Hallelujah starts moving. Hallelujah starts flowing. I want you to lift up your hands today in the house of God. Hallelujah. Know that there is a fire of judgment that will help you. There's a fire of refining that can help you. There's a fire of the spirit that can save. Set the fire. 